Welcome to another episode of We Just Talking. Today, it's just going to be me. Isaiah uh, went and spent time with his family. I didn't want to interrupt him, so I just wanted to give thoughts on UFC 275 last night, a few of the fights, and then what's to come from the people who won, and then also talk a little NBA playoff or NBA finals, just because it's been going well. There's quite a few talking points and whatnot. So, yeah, I hope everybody's doing well. It's, I'm in Oklahoma. It is like the forecast outside says hell pretty much, like 102 degrees with the heat index is like between 110 and 120. Yesterday was 97 here in Edmond, Oklahoma, 110 after the heat index. We sat outside with the kids for a couple hours and sweated hard, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't fun, but uh, I was able to get some stuff done yesterday and then Watch this pay-per-view, and and I must say, even from the early prelims on, I watched every single fight, and this was one of those pay-per-views that, leading up to it, a lot of people didn't want it to be a pay-per-view. This looked more like a fight night card. There wasn't a bunch of huge names or anything like that, but this was one of those cards that you have no expectations on, but it performed really, really well uh, from the offset. There were a few boring fights, but you had a lot of finishes and a lot of decisions that went back and forth. Uh, and and it was just good to see. There was a couple robberies. Uh, first one, I would say the Brendan Allen fight. Brendan Allen didn't win that fight. Uh, he didn't do a lot. I will say uh, Malcone just kind of held him there. And from that fight on, I kind of knew what the tone was set from this pay-per-view, how the judges wanted it. So I kind of knew what to expect, which paid dividends later in the night for me. Uh, and as well as everyone else, if you was paying attention, like I was paying attention. But uh, I wanted to first start off with the uh, Jake Matthews-Andre Fialo fight. Uh, this is a welterweight fight, and Jake Matthews looked he looked great. He came out and beat Andre Fialo up bad. He, was, he hit him with whatever he wanted to hit him with. It looked like he was just out there having fun, sparring. Um, wasn't a good fight at all. Like I feel like Andre Fialo was just too short. He couldn't get his range. He landed a couple good shots, but, man, uh, Jake Matthews, Put it on him. And then let's 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 go ahead and fast forward. Uh Zhang Wei Li versus Joanna. And I'm not even about to butcher her last name like I have a few times. This was this was a, a, a decent back and forth fight. It wasn't as competitive or crazy as their first fight. Uh the first round was a lot of back and forth, but it wasn't as wild as the first one. The first one, I don't think there was any technical uh gameplay at all in the fight it was just a bunch of people going they were just throwing they didn't care it was like a a, a schoolyard brawl where two girls in the cafeteria and like bitch and they just start scrapping you know what i'm saying it was no hair pulling or nothing like that but they was just banging last time and this fight bro i feel like they came out uh Zhang was able to get joanna down joanna was able to get up as the first time we had seen joanna since the first uh Zhang fight and then wei lee was able to land that spinning back fist slash forearm that put Joanna down. And I, I the commentator said she was out. She wasn't out. If you go back and watch her fall, she looked up. You could see she just wasn't, I think she was gassed and she just was done with it. And she retired after the fight and Zhang now will get a rematch with, or a, a another title fight with uh, Carla Esparza who just beat Thug Rose. So uh, that division, I've said this multiple times, that division is very boring. Uh, that fight and the first Joanna 
Zhang fight was going to be the best that we would see in that division until uh, really, I don't know, because it's just a cycle. Like the same people are getting title shots and whatever. I've went down that tangent on a few episodes previous. So if you want to hear it, go ahead and go back. But that's just my thoughts on that. Joanna, uh, she looked okay, but she also, it to me personally, I don't know what y'all's thoughts is on it or anything like that, but uh, it, the, to me what happened is, is what happens whenever you're older and you rule the division for a little bit and then you take some time off and you come back. Uh, my The way I put it or who I compare it to was BJ Penn. BJ Penn ran the lightweight division. He was a great, uh, all-time great fighter and he fought past his prime and some he just didn't evolve really well and uh he just got beat up a lot by a bunch of people who whose careers really didn't pan out like his did but he just got beat up and i think that's what happened to joanna like the sport evolved before she evolved and she's too older just like bj uh pause but they they just didn't evolve with the sport they became too old and if you don't evolve with it then you just you die. You know what I'm saying? That's just the way it is. And uh, that's what Tupac said anyways. But yeah, like that's that's just how it is. Uh, kudos to her. I knew she was retiring as soon as she took her gloves off before the decision. Um, but yeah. And then after that, we have Valentina Shevchenko and Talia, Talia Santos. And every time I think of Talia, I think of Talia from uh, The Dark Knight Rises, uh, Bane's baby mama or whatever you want to call her, uh, Ra's al Ghul's daughter man come on now but um it didn't help too she i ain't gonna say she kind of looked like her but they kind of favor each other maybe i'm racist and it's because she was brazilian and whatever man I, we, we ain't about to go there but um this was a i'm not gonna say it's a robbery uh the robbery on this fight was one of the judges scored at 49 46 to valentina which made no sense um this is where i come from in this this thing right so talia got she got Valentina down uh, like four or five times, right? But just like Malcuno, Malcuno or whatever uh, in the Brennan Allen fight, she didn't really do anything. Like, yes, she threatened with the choke, but she didn't really do anything with it, right? And that's something that's very hard to judge, which is to me, and then even Dana White said it, in the uh, Aljamain Sterling-Porter-Yan rematch, the reason I, as well as Dana White, thought that Porter-Yan won that fight wasn't because we thought he just came out and looked as impressive as he did the first fight, but it was because, yes, he was taken down twice and he had his back taken twice. But what happened when you took him down? Nothing. The, the first, the, in the second round, when Aljo got him down, he did threaten submissions. But other than that, he didn't really do anything. You know what I'm saying? So he, he didn't beat him up. He didn't, you know what I'm saying? He didn't do anything that just makes you think he, like, dominated a fight, right? And the most dominant... The most dominant moments in that fight were Piotr Jan. It's the same thing with Valentina Shevchenko. Now, I will say, depending on what judges you get, that's how they score it. But that's, I, I believe that's why Dana said that about that fight. Uh, Valentina in rounds four and five, she won those to me handedly. Uh, they had an incidental headbutt, and uh, Santos's eyes swole up, and she couldn't see. I, I honestly think they need to run that, that bad boy back because it was a really good fight. Uh, Valentina, this she's starting. You, you can tell she's not as dominant, or she she met her match. Uh, DC and Bisming said it perfect. Valentina is so used to being able to grab somebody in that headlock and just round a Rosie 
Rounder Rossi, Rousey, yeah, Rounder Rousey. Sorry, good load. Uh, Rounder Rounder Rousey. Oh my God, Rounder Rousey. There we go. Rounder Rousey. Hip toss people, judo throw, uh, Greco Roman, all that stuff. And she wasn't able to. And Santos was able to beat her to the next position. She was able to dominate her on the ground uh, for every round except the fifth, where Valentina was able to get it done. But again. Valentina was threatening with submissions off of her back. She was throwing elbows and, and punches off of her back more than Santos was throwing on being on top. And it's just hard because, again, takedowns are great. But if you don't do anything with the takedown, what does it really mean? And I, I've stood by that. Like, if you take somebody down, that's fine. But if you don't do anything, what, what's the point? Like, I would score if you take somebody down and you do not plan to do anything but hold them down – and they are throwing elbows and punches and everything and going for submissions off of their back, me personally, I would score it for the person on the ground. Even though they were taken down, they were the ones who was initiating the contact. You were just laying on them, and that's not enough for me to give you a round. Maybe that's just me being wanting to see more engagement from the fighters or something like that, but that's just how I think. You know what I'm saying? If you're just going to hold somebody down – and now if you're being held down and you're not doing nothing, yeah, you're going to lose the round. But if you are staying busy and trying to get up and throwing submissions and elbowing and stuff, and they're not doing nothing but laying on you, psh, give me that round. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, like I said, that, that fight has to be ran back. I don't know what's next for Valentina. It, it better be running it back. She did say that um, she, Dana said if she won the fight, she gets whatever she wants, but I don't know. Maybe Julia Pena, uh, Juliana Pena, if she beats Amanda again, I'll fight there, and then Valentina can probably be the bantamweight and the uh, sh the featherweight champ, or not even the featherweight. What is it? Division flyweight. Sorry, yeah, flyweight champ, double champ. Since everybody wants to do that nowadays, it is. I mean, it would be cool for her. She would go down as one of the all time greats. Uh, no other woman has defended her title as many times as Valentina, so that's all cool. You know what I mean? So whatever. And then we get to the main event. And when I tell y'all this is it's high up in the list for fights of the year, and we're midway through the year, this fight was crazy. You have Yuri, I'm not about to butcher his name, and Glover Teixeira. And it was very back and forth. Me personally going into the fight, I wanted to see Yuri win, Yuri win, because that he's a younger guy, and I wanted to see the light heavyweight division go to a new direction. That The light heavyweight division has always been one of my favorite divisions whenever it's popping. So back in the day when you had Tito Ortiz and, and Chuck Liddell, then you had Rampage and Rashad and Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner and John Jones and Shogun and Leota Machida and then DC, Alexander Gustafson, like the – that was my favorite division. You feel what I'm saying? It's trash now. You, you, you have a bunch of guys who were beaten by John Jones and Daniel Cormier, except for Yuri. And I'm glad we got some young blood. Uh, I feel like his next fight should be Jan Blahovich, but that does not take away from the effort. Now, I was talking to uh, the homie Kadeem as this fight was going on, and Yuri, you could tell he's a young guy who throws caution to the wind. Um, he reminds me a lot of Hamza Shemaev, where he's just there to fight. You can tell, and that's cool. But as you've seen what happened to Chandler, uh, Michael Chandler, and then Justin Gaethje, 
those people that are trying to be too exciting. Uh, they lead themselves to get finished. Uh, and that almost happened to Yuri a couple of times where he was throwing the, the trying to throw the final or the fly, the flying knee. Sorry, I'm getting excited. The flying knee and he would get taken down. And it's it's crazy. He showed me a lot off of his back. Uh, Glover Teixeira is one of the best light heavyweight like submission artists. And Yuri was able to get out. He was able to be mounted and, and he had given his back up a few times and he was able to get up. Jan Blahovich didn't, he couldn't get off of Glover. You know what I'm saying? Glover dropped him and, and it's just crazy. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a bloodbath. It was very back and forth. Every round, somebody would come out and you would think, okay, this is where they're going to separate themselves. Then the other guy would have a big burst midway through the round and they would dominate. It was hella hard to score. I haven't even seen what it would look like. I know some people were saying if it would have went to a decision, they had Glover, I also had Glover very minimal ahead, but man, 30 seconds left. Yuri slaps on a rear naked without the hooks on, i.e. and shades of Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunez, and Glover tapped. He tapped. 28 seconds left on the clock, and he tapped. I'm not about to sit here and question his toughness and none of that stuff that people want to do. Uh, I'll get to somebody who does some shit like that. Uh, that likes to talk cash money shit and blah, 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 and try to make it seem like he's that guy and whatnot in the NBA. But, like, for Glover, man, it's, it's real easy for me to sit on my couch and say, man, you got to hold on. You got to hold on. I don't have Yuri, who's probably walk, or in that fight with 225, 230 pounds after rehydrating uh, and stuff, squeezing my neck with all he has. So, you know what I'm saying? I've had people put me in the rear naked. And once they clamp that motherfucker on, I'm tapping. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm tapping. So I ain't got nothing to say. Uh, it was a very good moment for Glover to finally get to the top and go, you know what I'm saying, win. Uh, I think he needs to pick a few guys to finish his career. I think he did say he didn't want to fight after this year or anything like that. So maybe give him someone else to, like, as a swan song, uh, end of the year, maybe early next year and then let him retire in peace, man. He, he was a champion. He made some good money. He made some pay-per-view points. Hey, walk away happy. You know what I'm saying? And that, that was UFC 275. UFC 276, uh, I, I do hope to be able to discuss with Isaiah more in depth. That one is a banger. It has two of my favorite fighters fighting, which is dope. You know what I'm saying? Like We have Israel Adesanya, who is, in some people's eyes, the GOAT, which he's not my GOAT in middleweight just yet because of what Anderson Silva did. Uh, and I feel like everybody now is, once you have three, four defenses, everyone's like, oh, he's the greatest of all time. And this is the thing with Alexander Volkanovsky. Like, people call him the greatest featherweight of all time, and he's riding this high horse and stuff. Then you look back at his numbers and you say, how many defenses has he had? Well, he beat Max for it. He beat Max again. He fought, um, oh, my God, T-City. What is that dude's name? You know who it is. Y'all know who it is. I'm not even about to go that far into it. But then he beat Korean Zombie, and that's it. But then you think of other people that, like, Jose Aldo, who, like, defended the fuck out of his title. You know what I'm saying? But whatever is just what this, this generation wants is everybody has to be a goat and blah, blah, blah. But uh, there's also some some good good money fights. Like, I know everyone wants to see Jared Cannonier fight uh, 
Izzy because they're like, oh, he used to be a heavyweight. He didn't fight in the UFC as a heavyweight. He fought in the UFC as a light heavyweight, and he got treated. So uh, there's that. And, I mean, he got knocked out by the guy that Izzy went five rounds with. And besides the takedown, who knows, you know what I'm saying, with Jan Blachowicz. But um, the next guys that they're grooming for an Israel title shot if Izzy hangs on, Sean Strickland and Alex Pereira. Sean Strickland, very controversial figure. Homie be on uh, Twitter and IG talking shit about everything, gays, blacks, everything. I ain't, Women, it is what it is. I don't know if that's his real personality or if he's doing a Colby, but hey, he's getting eyes on it. Then obviously Alex Pereira. Uh, I believe Alex Pereira is the guy who knocked out uh, or Izzy twice before going uh before coming into the sports of mixed martial arts and obviously uh that is someone who can move the needle with izzy like that fight would sell but as i started thinking about that fight it also got me thinking man the ufc sometimes they give people an easy road and a lot of people won't listen to this and i'm not trying to be a hater i really not even though i don't like this other fighter either because they do they're doing it with alex Pereira. he's had to fight some tougher guys but he hasn't had to fight some of those guys that are just good wrestlers right to get him ready for something like imagine throwing alex Pereira in with a Derek brunson before he had to fight izzy right that's not going to happen sean strickland is very good but we've seen what Derek brunson has done you know what i'm saying sean o'malley a lot of people will say sean o'malley has fought good guys how how do you judge that now if you're judging it off of the bat of they're fighting in the ufc so they're good fighters yeah you're right people that make it to the ufc they're good fighters but when you're comparing those fighters to their peers is which is what i'm doing those are not good fighters chris mutino was trash the guy he fought before that was trash they're just feeding him. Now, this Pedro Munoz fight is going to be very, very interesting. But the reason that I feel that way and I'm saying that is because they threw Cheeto Vera to the dogs. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't get no easy shit. He's not being able to make a bunch of money and, and do all this stuff. Cheeto Vera had to grind. He, Frankie Edgar and Jose Aldo and Rob Font and all of these guys, these dogs of the division quickly too quickly and it, you make it seem like like people make it seem like cheeto vera is old cheeto vera is not old he's like a year or two older than sean o'malley 28 maybe 29 that's young but i i don't, I don't want to get on a huge tangent on about that but yeah uh 276 is look it's prime man it is very prime uh misha tate's fighting and hey coincidentally Sean O'Malley's fighting on that. That's where he fights Pedro Munoz. And this is the best, the first ta uh, like real challenge that Sean O'Malley will have. And it's it's crazy, but you look at the the uh like this not the stats, but the body sizes of them. Pause. Uh Sean O'Malley should have the advantage. Like Pedro Munoz Munoz is not going to probably he's probably not gonna wrestle, he's probably gonna try to strike, but you're five six and he's five eleven, 65 inch reach to 72. He's going to jab your, you into oblivion, but, eh, like, it is what it is. Um, I'm just I'm just happy he's fighting somebody ranked. That way I can see, like, is he for real or is he not? If he's for real, then let's go. After Pedro Munoz, give him, I don't know, 
give him Jose Aldo. And then if you can go through Jose Aldo, maybe like shit, or or give him uh Porter Yon or or uh, give him Corey Sandhagen. That would be a, tell me right now, listening to this, that if after if he beats uh Peter Munoz or yeah, Munoz, and after that fight, Corey Sandhagen is like, I got next, and they booked that fight, that people would not be like, yo. This is going to be a banger. That would be a fight that would test Sean O'Malley's heart as well because Corey is going to hit him a lot. Corey is just as tall, long, big, and is a striker, a hell of a, a pre precise striker. That is someone who I would love to see because, that again, that's going to show there's levels to this. Is he on that level or is he on that level because he's fighting substitute teachers? And to that I say, find out on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> but moving forward, man, we have the NBA Finals in full effect, uh, effect. Man, I am just tripping today, huh? Maybe I need Isaiah to keep me in check. You know what I'm saying? But the NBA Finals in full effect. The series is tied 2-2, two to two, going back to San Fran for Game 5. Monday, which is tomorrow, tonight it's Sunday, uh, for those of you listening, if you're listening after Sunday, uh, which most of you probably are, probably getting ready for the game or the game's already over, and I don't want to make any predictions or anything. I just kind of want to talk about uh, how this the series has. This is so far has been one of the better series in the playoffs as a whole. You have the young up-and-coming dog team versus the older veteran team of people of a dynasty. And this is going, this is one of those series that there's a lot on the line. I said it very, uh, very much the same as uh, not Jokic, but uh, Giannis. If Giannis was able to get past the Celtics to me, and then he was able to beat or to win a, a title this year, like he did last year and dominate, that would have, for me, that would have, that would have springboarded him onto the LeBron pedestal. People won't want to say, but, I mean, he's got multiple defensive players of the year. He's would have he's got two MVPs. Uh, he would have two finals and two finals MVPs. I mean, first team All NBA, first team All Defensive. You know what I'm saying? Like the hardware would start stacking up. He's still relatively young. You could say like like how we were saying it when Braun was young and upcoming and stuff, and Kobe was still dominating. He was in his prime with five rings or four rings, about to get his fifth and stuff. That's, to me, how it would be looked at right now. Uh, that's how it felt about Giannis if he would have beat the Celtics. Now, uh, the Celtics have a really good young team. Um, kudos to them. Uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they are for real. Their role players all know their role. I, I love it. Marcus Smart is a terrific leader. Him and Al Horford. Al Horford, who was in Oklahoma City, doing absolutely nothing. He was past his prime and too old, blah, blah, blah. And people want to say, oh, well, we're not tanking. He just wasn't good enough. Okay, uh, just give you all a moment of silence, right? There you go. That's all y'all get from me. Um, anyways, uh, I, I want to take a second after being very, like, nice to the Celtics, I want to take a second and say this. Uh, the only thing I don't like about the Celtics team, uh, besides them being a Cel the Celtics and me being a Lakers fan, is uh, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart plays really hard. Marcus Smart does that. But it is very 
aggravating to watch Marcus Smart flop all over the court. There's a reason that Marcus Smart does not play the same outside of Boston that he does inside of Boston. Because inside of Boston, those flopping bullshit, I'm just going to jump and throw myself on the ground because somebody barely touched me fouls are given to him. Outside of it, people, fuck you, bro. And I know a lot of Celtics fans, teardrop, you're listening to this ain't towards you, but a lot of people are, Boston is one of those cities that we're tough, we're strong, blah, blah, blah. But then they they make excuses for Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart flopping all over the court. Like, let's be real. Marcus Smart has hurt some people by flopping. If memory serves me correctly, earlier this year, he hurt Steph by flopping. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. You're one of those guys that that uh, leave it all out there. But that flopping shit, man, like, that's it's very aggravating. And then let's flip on to the Warriors side. I'm going to give y'all y'all's, y'all's roses and flowers right now. Steph is playing out of his mind. To me, if he keeps this up and they win, Steph has taken a step as at least the second greatest point guard of all time. Now, people might not agree, and you may say, no, he's not this and he's not that. He played with KD. He did this. Isaiah Thomas is the number two point guard, in my opinion, right now of all time. You could say Chris Ball, Steve Nash, they never won shit. They're not better than John Stockton, right? Isaiah was able to be the man on a squad, right? But it wasn't like he didn't have help. Joe Dumars and... Dennis Rodman and John Sally and you know what I'm saying? Those guys, they weren't bums. They had a really good squad. So uh, I think Steph, this would be his fourth, especially if he wins another one. I think, I think if he wins this year and he plays the way he's playing, um, I'm going to put him either right with Isaiah or a little bit ahead because again, Isaiah never had to just dominate game in and game out how Steph has this series uh, and whatnot. And he, you know what I'm saying? That's just, offensively obviously the nba nowadays defense is just an afterthought so it is what it is like i i've adapted to that it still pisses me off that we call the best players in the league the best because of their offense and not their defense like you can look at lebron doesn't play defense i uh luca doesn't play defense trey young steph curry like all those guys and uh oh they're the best in the world and it's like yeah but they don't play defense and like we as NBA fans today, we do more of the analytical look. Oh, well, he averaged this many points and this many rebounds and this many assists, so he's a great player. And it's like, yeah, but he got cooked for 50 every night on defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to dive into it deeper and say all these assists and stuff like that, that's fine. But if you're not playing defense, bro, that I don't care about your numbers. If you put up 30 but you gave up 40, you lost. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's keep it here. Um, but anyways... Now, what I am uh, like upset with and disgusted with on the Warriors side is they're soft. I haven't heard Steph come out and say any of this, but you have Draymond and Clay and they're wise and everybody's talking about how the Boston fans are, oh, they should never do that. Meanwhile, Golden State fans are calling LeBron a pussy ass bitch and they clay says oh he must be in his feelings and you know what i'm saying miss me with all that shit bro you need to shut the fuck up and play better flat out i ain't got nothing else to say to you bro you're hit or miss right now i get it injuries and stuff you've been back for a while and you know what i'm saying you did play very great defense at the end of game four i give you that draymond green you are this high roller podcast having 
a celebrity talking reckless on social media and on ESPN like you're just that guy. And who I'm going to compare you to is Kendrick Perkins because Perk always talks about how I'm this champion. You were took and carried to that championship, bro. You think if, if do you think if if Derek Fisher was talking to Magic Johnson and was like, bro, I'm on your level, I'm a I'm a champion. Magic Johnson would look at him and be like, bro, you had Shaq and Kobe and Pal. Shut your motherfucking ass up. And that's how I feel, bro. That's Draymond. Does is Draymond hold a very big role? On the Warriors team, yeah, he's their heartbeat, right? Well, sometimes because Steph has been their heartbeat, but he is the guy that does the dirty work, right? But you can't tell because he's getting cooked on defense. He's not rebounded. He's turning the ball over. He's a liability on offense. And that's crazy. Just like I said about that earlier where you need to play defense to get credit for your offense. For you to get credit for your defense, my guy, you got to play some fucking offense. You're turning the ball over, not being playable, and you're getting cooked, bro. I don't know what to tell you. You are fucking trash, Draymond. You are fucking trash. I'm sorry. You're in the NBA. You're making millions and stuff. I ain't going to say you're trash, but you're trash for your peers, like I said earlier in this episode. You have been playing like trash. That, that sounds better. You, for y'all to win this series, y'all cannot make Steph score 40 two more times to win. Clay has to be between 18 and 25. Jordan Poole has to give you 15. Draymond, you got to give 8 to 10. Two turnovers at max. 7 to 8 assists. 11 or 12 rebounds. Some steals, some charges, something. But I don't want to hear you on ESPN running your mouth and and tweeting and posting that you're a champion and she, I'm a champion, bro. I'm G, U Triple S A state champion of Oklahoma E League slow pitch softball. But that's listen to how that sounds. That sounds fucking nuts. Were you the number one option on that team, Draymond? On those championship teams? Uh, no, you weren't. Were you the two? No, you weren't the two. Were you the three? No, you weren't even the three. Uh, could you be the fourth? I mean, sometimes you were a four, but when KD got there, you were more like the seven, the six or seven. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just very weird. And, and we'll go from there. And the last topic that I want to talk about is this Deshaun Watson freak. Now, this story has been going on for a very long time. And at first, I was like, man, I don't think they're going to do anything to him because the judge said he wasn't guilty. Like, they, did, they couldn't prove enough, like, give enough evidence that he did it. But now all this information coming out of non-disclosure agreements and the 24th girl coming out and all this stuff and, like, Houston being a, like, Houston booking appointments for you because people didn't want to do it for you and y'all were using the facility in Houston and, and you know it's like for the Texans and stuff while you were doing all this shit bro I move them up to Tulsa Oklahoma give us the football team because they don't deserve it after that and Deshaun you got to go I'm sorry you I mean you go and get your money from from Cleveland 
because they're dumb as fuck. But yeah, bro, like what that what what was happening? Like we we live in a society, and this is gonna this is gonna come off as very 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 like like I'm an asshole, and I am to a certain degree. But we have to stop giving these people an excuse of mental health to just do whatever they want to do. It is something that you can diagnose and say, okay, this person honestly had something like mental health was driving them to do this kind of stuff. And that's why they thought the way they thought and stuff. That is fine. But once you do stuff, that's it. Like, I, I hate to see some of the stuff that's going on in this this world right now and then someone do it and then just be like, oh, well, it was mental health. I plead crazy or insanity. And it's like, oh, we can't get you. Like, no. Once you get driven to that point and you do some of this stuff, see, I've heard 24, I've heard 66 women for Deshaun. Bro, and I get it. Like, they may not be able to, like, give 100% evidence of what they're claiming and stuff. And it's very hard for the legal system to come in and say you have to do time because they're not providing anything. And in this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. But from a NFL standpoint, this is too much. Why are you signing non-disclosure agreements with multiple women who are accusing you of this? This does not look good. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. And that's, I mean, that's really all I have to say about about that freak uh that dude is a freak a freak like some of the stories i heard like i'm gonna be very explicit here like, like come on baby just put it in your mouth come on girl no just put it in your bro that's like a grab a wrist grab away from full-on rape that's not okay okay now again this has been episode 11 of we just talking I do hope to have Isaiah back next week uh, so we can start discussing, uh, prepping for UFC 276, uh, start talking about some of these fights, and then just what's going on. Another favorite of Jim Tom Chronicles should be back, uh, and then we can just catch up. Like I don't, I don't talk to Isaiah a lot, and there's a reason behind it because I feel like if I talk to him all day, every day, and then we jump on this podcast, it's not going to come off as authentic. You know what I'm saying? I still do talk to him. It's just not like – like every day trying to prep for it because I want him to have his shit, me have my shit, and then us come off as being authentic on this podcast. You feel what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, but that's been it. Thank you all for rocking with this. If you're listening and you made it, please like, subscribe, uh, tell your friends about this. We really want to grow this podcast. It's very fun. Uh, we want to start having guests on. We want to start talking about just a bunch of shit that's going on. You know what I'm saying? Fights, football when it comes around, fantasy football, basketball, uh, just a bunch of stuff like me and Isaiah have been friends for what 10 years now uh, so we we just wanted to, we like talking this is stuff that we do all the time so um, but yeah man I appreciate y'all uh, please tune back in again we out and I'll talk to y'all later